We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle United won. Aston Villa won on what was ultimately a disappointing night at St James's Park for Steve Bruce's Newcastle United. You've got Alex Hurst, Mark Cowley, Simon Carmel and Ben Wade to talk you through what went right, what went wrong and, and how we're all feeling on a, a lovely sunny night in uh, NE12 Killingworth. Cowley, I'm going to start with you. 1-1 against Villa. I think many people predicted a win, but at the end of the day, is it, is it four points from two games that you would have taken it 5-2 to two on Sunday? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, we were sitting here, what, just three days ago, a bit happier, yeah. two metres apart. Um, one metre now. Yeah, one metre now, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, as we said, through the pods um, in lockdown, we were kind of, a few people looking over the shoulder, still on 35 points, um, that we might still be caught, um, unless we did it, I mean, we had to do a carver style uh, last nine games doing that, but yeah, we said the two games, four points, I mean, we would prefer, I mean, most Newcastle fans would the other way around, would take a draw, which we thought we'd do against Sheffield United, but we've obviously gone and beat them 3-0, and we beat beat Villa, but obviously it's the, it's the other way around. Um, so we're safe now. Uh, Thirty nine points, we we can look up. But disappointing that we, we the performance of Villa the last couple of games and how we played on Sunday, we predicted that we, we win this game. But um, I mean, the game itself is really poor. Um, it's it's kind of the way Premier League games have gone this, so far. Coming back the first half have been the project really poor, really slow. That was a that was a case for day. I did expect Villa to come out because. It's a massive game for that. They've got Wolves, Man United and Liverpool after this, so I expect them to come out of the traps and be quick start the game quick, which they did. We didn't we took a while to get in the in the game. Um the first half was really poor. We had a strong strong end of the first half, but it was second half we did play a bit better. Um the introduction of Carroll. Um we, we we said to ourselves on 62, 63 minutes, why did you bring Carroll on this early? Um yeah. It proved to be wrong, really. He did play well, and obviously Dwight Gale getting the goal. Um, but yeah, overall, disappointing with sitting here, drawing against Villa, how much we hate them, but four points at the end of the day, and we're safe. I can't disagree with much of that. Um, I mean, it was... I think we expected it, because it was still about 24, 25 degrees at kickoff at six o'clock, only like a couple of miles from where we're sat in a lovely sunny garden. So it can't have been easy conditions. Um, you know, Premier League football isn't normally played in this kind of weather. Um, and I thought the first half reflected that. The teams looked really leggy quite early on. Um, and Carly, maybe they didn't tend to come out quickly, but I think they, they died off quite quickly. And for uh, to give Bruce and Newcastle some credit, I thought... Um, I thought we were in control for most of the first half of that. We haven't had many real chances. We looked like the better side, and if anyone was going to score at that point, it looked like it would be us. Um, that said, 
we didn't really create anything first half and it was it was a real like dead dead rubber of a, of a nothing first half it felt like a pre-season friendly at that point um carly i disagree on that villa did create the best probably best three chances of the the first half um it didn't work to debravka but um it still had three opportunities which it's villa this season that the don't go many goals um, and the chances I had were, were half chance but they were good well actually good chances but um, that's how wide they're, they're, they're near the bottom of the league um, going that so I do disagree in terms of they did a little better one but Dubravka didn't didn't get worked um, so I I mean I thought Joe Linton was doing alright the, the team selection was fine for me um, at least first off but I think half time was an opportunity to, to, to make a change because we weren't really neither side looked like scoring but it's Aston Villa at home. We should we should really be looking to try and take the game to them, and they weren't offering much. They weren't really getting in my faces, and and I thought even from the from the twentieth minute, Shelby didn't look didn't look as usual self. Shelby had a really poor game in the end. Oh, goal goal Liverpool, Trent. Um, so uh, yeah, I'd like to see Bruce just have the have the bottle to make some early changes because um, I thought the changes he did make were positive, but um, he could have done it you know twenty minutes earlier. Yeah, I think a lot of the analysis on this one's got to come back to we did take the lead, and I totally get the fact it had a bit of a pre-season friendly feel. It's one of those, isn't it, that with the win on Sunday for us, kind of tweeted today that it was a real transfer as the season to get 50 points for only the second time under Mike Ashley, and winning this kind of game against a very poor side was, was almost going to be an indicator, and this was always a bigger game for Aston Villa, even if we'd lost tonight, I'd still think we're absolutely safe in the Premier League, and it was just kind of, it was just disappointing, but... I think part of that disappointment is if that if that finishes nil nil, you just say that, you know what, shite game. That happened. You get shite games. We've seen a fair few this season, but it's the fact we took the lead and and our response to taking the lead was so poor. You know that that was the time to kick on. That was the time to pin them back. That was the time to to right lads. These have got to get back in the game here. The the can't really afford to get beat. Let's go and put them to bed. And instead, it was Villa who took the initiative. It was Villa who pushed us back. It was Villa who had all, all the possession, all the crosses in the box. And to be fair, to Aston Villa, their their game plan was pretty simple: get balls in the box. And I kind of thought, well, you know, when we played them at their place, it was uh, the back three was Paul Dummett, Fernandez, and Cher maybe, and with 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 with. Um, Jetro Willems and DeAndre Yedlin totally different back four apart from Fernandez today and I thought you know that Cowley's right they had those chances in the first half and I thought we could deal with it but we didn't deal with it and to concede the goal in the manner that we did Ben is really disappointing and there's a few disappointing things for me but how did you see the goal? It's just a massive lack of concentration I think it's just as you say that the way that we played after taking the lead we just completely took the foot off the gas and and as you say, allowed them back in. And um, we said on the preview that really the only place out and see Villa hurting us is set pieces. And we we started to suddenly concede a load of set pieces and give them free kicks away um, after taking the lead and, and give them opportunities to get the ball in the box. And there was a few there was a few other important uh, defensive headers and clearances. Uh, sort of in that last twenty minutes period, so um, yeah, it was just. I mean, for the, for the goal particularly, I I don't really know what the hell Dubravka and, and Shelby are doing between them. I mean, okay, <clears throat> Shelby's off his post and kind of standing in the way, but even still, Dubravka's just got to be in a better position and be be ready for that. He, he tries to sort of dive backwards almost to try and save it. If you just get your body behind that, it wasn't particularly hit with any particular venom or anything so um it was a it was a poor one and i think for a keeper of his caliber that that's just 
down to concentration. The fact that he's had nothing to do for probably 70, 80 minutes and, and that's the first bit of action that he's had to face and unfortunately he's, uh, he's, he's dropped a bit of a clangor there but um, yeah, it was just it was just a bit of a, a lacklustre performance. Yeah, just on, on Shelby on the corner, I mean, I, I noticed it on quite a few of the corners they had, he was he was performing this role that like Shearer used to do, he'd stand on the six-yard box and then retreat to the post if it wasn't coming to him, but that ball came to the front post, so surely he's meant to attack that and, and put off the defender, not retreat to the post and let him head it, because he seemed to be unmarked, I don't know how many, so... Um, he retreats to the post and then he does he does swing out at it and I think Dubravka's already going down and probably missing the ball but maybe takes his eyes off it he gets distracted by Shelby's leg and it just it just looked shite The important thing for me is that the smallest player in their team has got a header in and I think Robbie Savage mentioned on commentary in, in the BT Sport post-match that Hayden had gone down injured before the corner conceded the goal it was his man and then went off so we've maybe got a little bit unlucky there but then if you know if Hayden wasn't up to it then go off so I'm not, I can't continue but you, it's all if buts and maybes isn't it I think the real frustration is that Dubravka's only you know had to make one save he's not made it we haven't really tested their goalkeeper at all um, but then to get the goal and it was a good goal at that to go in front against a very very poor side who have gifted four points this season it's, uh, it's up there with the most disappointing things for me however that said you know what I mean? This is Newcastle United who spent the vast majority of this, well, all the season, in the bottom half of the table, in the bottom five for much of it, and now in the bottom seven, eight teams. S- stringing three wins in a row, there's a reason that we aren't any higher. There's a reason we probably won't get to 50 points. And it's because this is where we are. It's not like some sort of new thing that's just happened this season. This is Newcastle United under Ashley. Always, every time you think there's a, a chance to kick on. I mean, it's the same when we went to Burnley after beating Sheffield United, I think, in Southampton back in December and put in one of the worst performances I've ever seen. It's always going to be that way when, you, when you're a club like Newcastle United is right now. It's like I almost feel silly for sitting there gutted at full time for expecting anything different. Just a little bit, little bit of a listener note, if you can hear some... Um, motorised vehicles in the background this is the authentic sound of the A189 southbound between <laughs> Peter Barrett's roundabout and Findus roundabout in North Tyneside as you had it in Newcastle and South Gosforth via Long Benton uh, the residence group the Facebook's residence group will be using this in court trying to get the speed limit reduced from 50 to like 10 uh, such as the, the kickoffs. Ben he went with the same team when a lot of managers are, are switching things particularly with a massive game against Manchester City on Sunday I know you did the patron preview and there'll be a, a patron preview of the Manchester City game out this Friday were you, were you calling for a stick with the same lads? Yeah I mean I think uh, I, I didn't um, disagree with his decision I think that is the best 11 that we can put out at the minute so um, although whether Joe Linton gets into that is very up in the air but uh, you can't drop him after after scoring his first goal you've got to keep him in so um, yeah I backed it I mean it's, it's um, as I say it's, it gets Richie um, Maximin and uh, and Almer on all on the pitch who are almost dangerous players so I, I definitely back that in terms of um, for, for attack and play and uh I, I, he's obviously in terms of the other the other sort of uh, core areas, the centre mids and the defence pretty much pick themselves at the minute as well. So yeah, I didn't um, expect any changes. Yes, people will say we've, we've uh, only played uh, three days ago, but uh, they've just had three three months off, so they, they shouldn't be that knackered. And uh, I just think that you, 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 it can go both ways. You, you hope by playing the same team you'll get carry on the momentum from a probably one of our best performances of the season against Sheffield. Like I, 
it, that you would hope would carry on the momentum and the the confidence and the, and the positive feeling from that. Um, what actually I think happened was that they looked a bit more tired and it maybe back backfired, but it could have gone either way. I don't I don't think you can really second guess. It's easier to second guess it after it. Yeah, I'm using the benefit of hindsight because at, at kick off I wasn't too worried. I thought it was a reason you know good side let's continue the form but I think the evidence was there from how Sheffield United played against us because I thought they looked leggy and, and just we, we took the game to them quite comfortably um, so that was evidence of what happens when you play two games of football in three days the middle of June like players are going to be tired so even though Bruce will be you know, you know he hasn't quite got his confidence in terms of making that kind of change and making that kind of call because you get hammered either way he's going to get hammered for leaving it the same and playing tired players and he, he would have got hammered for changing it or he'd be scared about getting hammered if it didn't work. But, um, maybe he's got to be braver and just make a couple of changes and keep it fresh, keep the other team guessing. Because I thought one thing that was a bit obvious was that we were quite predictable first half and they didn't have to do much defensively to, to stop any of our chances from like really, really happening. Um, ben? What I was going to say was I think the only criticism I would have said was um, I think he could have seen that earlier in terms of made the, the subs you've already mentioned. Probably could have made a few changes beforehand. Um I mean, in terms of the actual personnel, though, I don't really think there's there's huge options in terms of the offensive players, which is I think where the issue is today. There's there's not massive options in terms of who you would have brought in. Okay, Lazaro's come at the end, but we haven't seen a huge amount from him. In terms of maybe he's freshening up the midfield. Bentaleb hasn't hasn't been brilliant. You've not got the long staff, so I, I think as well the options that we had, there wasn't a clear cut player that I would say was screaming to get in the team. So. Um, I think you've got to take that into account as well. Yeah, just going on what you said there. Um, I mean, it's not like a normal season where you'd think maybe direct a few players, give us a chance going into the Man City game of the weekend. Players are trying to get match fitness at the end of the day. Um, deserve that start, start 11 that played against Sheffield played well and no one deserved to be dropped. So it's, it's completely different from a, a normal season. Um, but just going on, I guess, in terms of we're, we're, we're predictable. Uh, Maximan was, was crowded out in the first half, but I think he did well to move him on the right um, after I think about half an hour or so and he got a lot more joy. We thought, like, it finished it half a lot stronger. I think they're a bit weaker on the left as well. So Maximan did get um, a lot more joy down that right and got a few crosses in going at the end of the half. But I mean, on subs itself, um, we did bring someone after, I don't know how early you want to bring someone on, but we did bring someone after 60 minutes. Um, we probably said is it right for him Carroll on obviously proved wrong and then Dwight, I guess Dwight Gales came on but Richie's injured so he might have not brought him on but we have obviously good when the, the changes have been made yeah Gale came on and looked bright I think Carroll just did what he usually does he just ran around he fouled a few people and, and didn't really offer that much it didn't change the game and I thought what eventually happened was uh, Villa reacted and made some changes that positively affected the game and that's another example of where Bruce hasn't had an answer to the other manager making changes that affect the game that's been his biggest weakness this season is that other teams make some changes and then they, they, the whole complexion of the game changes and then we just never seem to have a response to that and we never seem to get ourselves back into the game at that point and yeah the goal was a bit a bit shit we could have hung on and, on another day but once the goal went in you never thought we were going to go back and, and get a winner yeah, sorry, so it's pass, yeah, passing the phone round here. Um, uh, Carly wants to speak on that. So I think you're very harsh about influencing the game. I think Steve Bruce has brought on two players out of combined to, to score a goal when we didn't. I mean, the, again, one of the frustrating things about today is that past that initial first ten minutes, even though I thought that we were we were poor, I thought we were, the, we were better than them, and, and there was only really one team threatening it. Once we'd kind of worked out, stop. Once we'd stop Villa's crosses. 
in open play and Danny Rose, Ben wants to talk about how really good game. They tried to go down our left consistently at the start. They did get a couple of good balls in, but that was pretty, you know, swiftly snuck out. They, they didn't really have anything that had kind of give it to Grealish and hope he gets fouled type thing. I thought that, I thought that, I, don't, I think you're harsh on Carl. I think that's a good ball. You know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He's he's kind of got, he's got two or three men around him. Uh, he's got away, he's got a cross in, it's gone straight at Dwight Gohl's feet. And also the BT commentator called him Dwight Gohl by accident, which is hilarious. It's catching on, one day it'll catch on. Um, and once again, I think, you know, Carl, you might want to say it, but Andy Carroll pro- pro- providing assists for first goals of the season as he did uh, Miguel Almiron. So he is, he is serving a purpose, he's just signing a new contract until next year. Questionable, <laughs> questionable one. But uh, maybe the hat do because he was coming to the end of his contract at the end of June and obviously we've got to play all through July and maybe a bit of August as well. But, um, you know, fair play, Steve. Bruce, those two changes worked. Um, I think I think one of the issue, one of the, the issues, size is not so much Carroll himself, but the fact that once he came on and once like we got that goal, there didn't seem to be a game plan. You know, Dwight, Dwight Gale should have been playing on the shoulder and we should have just been playing him in behind, in behind, in behind make their centre-backs run back towards their own goal, make their goalkeeper come out. Instead, Dwight Gale plays behind Andy Carroll, who who wins a couple of balls and kind of takes the free kick or doesn't win them, and Dwight Gale's in the middle of no-man's line and he's just scored, so I found that frustrating, Cody. Oh, I was just going to say how harsh... I think, he, yeah, but I've been a bit harsh on Andy Carroll. Just, um, he did do a lot more than Joel. He did work the defenders, but I think I've seen something on Twitter before, let's just confirm it, that Andy Carroll in his last eight appearances um, has made as many assists as... Ozil in his last two seasons so there's a stat for you if you're, if you're listening in Germany and you want a playmaker <laughs> I don't know whether that Andy Carroll's last England appearance being in 2012 qualifies him Ben, Danny Rose you were impressed yeah I thought it was his uh, best performance in a black and white shirt um, this season I think he's he's I'll, it was a surprise I think when we, we signed him I thought he was a brilliant signing and thought he'd come in and in, uh, in, in, be really a class apart but uh, I, I just think he's, he's struggled a little bit to sort of get, get into games but uh, I thought to, to, today was brilliant he defensively was really solid made some uh, great tackles one in particular uh, sort of going to ground sliding tackle on um, one of their wingers in a d- dangerous position when Richie nearly just tripped over his own feet and, and let the sort of uh, attacker through on him one on one and he, he handled that um, did really well for, for the Almiron chance where he, he took took an unnecessary touch and uh, and fired it straight straight at the uh, well it was blocked by the defender but he was he was getting involved more getting forward that's what I would expect from Danny Rose I want to see him attacking he's an attacking fullback who's got a lot of pace and a lot of ability and uh, I don't think we've seen a huge amount of that so far um, I think to be fair though it's just surprising after years of not having any left backs we've, we've found Jetro Willems and, and Danny Rose in one season uh, spoiled for choice Um but uh, yeah, it's just one of, one of those things. I think he, if uh, he stays for a couple more seasons, I think he could turn out to be a, a real uh, stalwart in this team. And hopefully, um, with uh, either Almiron or Richie or Maximan, whoever plays on the, the wings with him, they can start to build a partnership and uh, start to do some damage. Yeah, it's a tough one on Paul Dunnett, isn't it? He's fully fit to play, but can't play because he's not in the 25 man squad. Uh, Sai, you were really disappointed by the central midfield too. Don't talk about that. I mean, it was it was a more what I would call a typical Shelby performance. Like he just got the ball, he was pinging the ball into no man's land regularly. And other than that, he didn't really offer anything. He wasn't tracking the ground. I think 
Hayden basically injured himself by doing the job of a whole midfield by himself. So I think, um, and yeah, I appreciate what you said earlier, Ben, about us not having much alternative. But I thought uh, we lost the game a bit in midfield, and certainly in the last 20, we just had an out, we had no legs. Um, and Shelby was, was, was a massive part of that, Just he just had nothing left in the tank. Um, he also maybe, like, we've got used to playing against 10 men for the last 20 minutes, which has just been a massive dos for, for the last two games. So I think the lads forgot that 20, the last 20 minutes against 11 players is totally different. But um, yeah, I thought it's one of the... We've had two John Joe Shelvies this season, and that was the one that doesn't score five goals. It was the one that basically does nothing. That's where the change come come quicker. We said earlier, uh, Bentonev came on very very late. Um, as you said, he probably should have come on for Shelby a lot quicker. But I think just disappointing as a whole is how well they played um, on on Sunday against the free man of like Sheffield United. Um, but probably better than the return fixture at um, at Villa Park, where Grealish had the run of play. So improvement on that. Yeah, I mean, let's not get too down about it. It's disappointing. It's part of supporting Cross United, isn't it? Being disappointed, it's one of those things that constantly stalks you. But it's, it's at the end of the day, to draw against a Aston Villa side who got a, a goal in the last 10 minutes, which we should have done better on. It was a bit of a freak goal. I don't think Aston Villa have planned that one particularly. I it was a, a bad corner, almost. It's one of those ones that if it doesn't hit the head of El Mohamedy, all their fans are kicking off saying, fuck's sake, beat the first man. Um, so it kind of, it is what it is a bit. Good news. That's the first goal we've scored against 11 men in the Premier League before the 90th minute since January the 11th. <laughs> so, baby steps. Baby steps. Um, you know what? We'll face Manchester City on Sunday. That's a massive game, I think. I think that's a, a tall order for, for, for our lads. But you never know. You never know. I remember in the league game, when we were sat doing the Match Day podcast, which obviously we can't do for parents because we're not at the match, but uh, we were talking before that Man City game, people, just like the game last year against Man City and the year before, of 4 5 6 nil defeats, and we've ended up getting a 2-2 draw. So, you know, anything can happen, and I, and I think Newcastle have played played okay over these two games. I think I think we'd all, all said four points in these two games was more than acceptable. So we should keep that into context, and it's up to the manager now to get the players up for this game on. Sunday, we'll have a full preview for patrons, like we said. Also got a bit of an in-depth tactical review for patrons over these two games and how we might set up against Manchester City. So there's nothing else, lads. Thanks very much for your time tonight. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it a lot. If you like the show, do a massive favour. Leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts, if that is your platform, with a comment. Uh, and if you really like the show, you can listen to us on Patreon for £7 a month, four to five extra shows every single week. And we will be back speaking to all you lovely people after the Manchester City game on Sunday night. Uh, we'll we'll be getting podcasts straight out after these games um, in this kind of elongated Premier League season. So we'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com